Welcome to Experience Junkies. On this show, I spotlight meeting and event professionals, global travelers, jet setters, and more to relive the moments we never want to forget. More importantly, we'll attempt as best we can to transport listeners to transformational points in our lives, sharing our observations and emotions behind these stories. By diving into the indelible impact these experiences have had on us, we decode small takeaways about how to be better humans than we were yesterday. Hello, experienced junkies. On this episode, I am joined by Anka Trifan, who is the founder of Trifan Events. During this conversation, Anka shares about her immigrant journey to the US as a young adult over 20 years ago. Fast forward to present day, and Anka now runs her own boutique event agency, specializing in AV and event tech production. This is usually a pretty male-dominated side of the industry. So in our chat, we cover how her career journey has taught her a lot about life and how precious time is. We also discuss what fuels her to go, go, go at an Energizer Bunny pace nonstop. So sit back and relax as I chat with Anka Trifan. Welcome back to another episode of the Experience Junkies podcast. Today, I am excited to have with me the lovely Anka Trifun. She is located on the other side of America in lovely Idaho. I think Anka is the only person I know that lives in Idaho, but so happy to have you here for the conversation. Welcome, Anka. So nice to be here, Diana. I think I'm the only one that lives in Idaho, according to the event industry <laughs> professional. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the way you look at social media, you would think there are no events in Idaho, right? No events and no event planners in Idaho. <laughs> exactly. Well, with that said, tell the audience a little bit about who you are and what you do. Well, first off, thank you so much for this uh, opportunity to be having a conversation with you on your podcast. I love your episodes and your guests and the energy that you bring to and the flavor that you bring to the event industry. So uh, the more female podcasters out there in this field, the better. That's my take on it. My name is Anka Trifan. As you mentioned, I am the founder of creator and CEO of Trifan Events, a woman-owned boutique technical event planning and production agency that provides the strategy, technology, and the gear to host uh, successful virtual, hybrid, and in-person events. I have worked in event productions for almost 20 years, and maybe I shouldn't say that out loud because I am still 25. I keep saying that so that I can believe it. (laughs) And I have an extensive experience and knowledge in the areas of technical event productions, event planning, design, management, and I will happily walk every single one of my clients through the entire event planning and production process because that's where you know my passion is and I love to see events that are executed well events that are thoughtful and that provide some type of an experience so this is a great podcast to talk about event experiences right I am also a certified event professional digital event strategist and just recently which has been literally the Cherry on top yesterday, as uh, and probably it's not yesterday now that when the episode will be released, but for Women's Day, I was the recipient of the 40 Under 40 Biz Bash and Connect. They co-produced this type of award list for the very first time, and I'm one of those recipients. Amazing, amazing people on that list. So I was humbled and honored to be included on that as well. And also the recipient of Women to Watch, an award 
support that. I love my friend Courtney Stanley. She has put out as a way to celebrate women in events. She mm-hmm. uh, she's she's done this elevating women on her podcast. There to interrupt, and uh, she just wanted to create this award. And I'm like, thank you. This is congratulations. Fantastic. You're getting like all these kudos right on you know all in one day. So it's kind of hard. Yeah, it was kind of hard to process all at once. And I'm like, I need a moment to just take right. all of this in. <laughs> but it was fantastic. Mm-hmm. It was such a highlight. And uh, I'm also the host of Events Demystified. It's um, this is a tactical podcast that, that dives more in the into the technology, into the event strategy and event production uh, side of the events. And uh, it is for everyone in the industry, beginner of pro. And I love to have this type of conversation as well with um, with event professionals that have made an impact in the industry. And Deanna actually was one of my guests a little while yeah. ago, last season. <laughs> you guys need to go and check it out. That was a really one of my top favorite episodes. And uh, I um, I also have this community that I call the Women in Events Tech and Production, just as a way to elevate and support women in technology and production, which I feel like there is a high need for, especially in a male-dominated fields such as AV production. And it is a passion that has been fueled by this deep conviction that I have that that there is a need for more women role models in the production event uh, world. I know for myself, I didn't have one, and I would have been so much farther advanced I truly believe in my career if I would have had that touch someone's mentoring me in this journey unfortunately I didn't have that so it was a lot of the learning on my own and a lot of like Mm -hmm. you know making my own mistakes falling and getting back up and retracing my steps and (laughs) getting back on on right? right so there's a lot of resilience that's built through that, but I don't know if necessary is the best way forward. So if there's a way to make yeah. it easier for the new generation moving into event pro- productions, event technology, events in general, I'm all for that. So that's sort of the things that I'm involved with. And, and another way, which I really love to give back to my community is by, you know, doing uh, volunteer work, which you're like, how do you still have time for that? Well, right. I love to sit on boards and a couple of the boards that uh, are relevant to our conversation are the Idaho Women in Technology, Idaho Nonprofit Center. There's another board called, called Women Innovators, SheTech, Boys Entrepreneurs Week. And uh, those are the places where I like to hang with, again, like-minded women that that are passionate about the same things, elevating girls, women in technology and production fields. So that's really my story in so many words because I could be talking about this forever, Diana, but I don't think we have right. time for it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you kind of gave me a great segue when you kind of talked about how you started in the career because you really are like a unicorn in real life. If you follow Anka on any social media channels, you'll see that she's got a ton of pictures with her little unicorn hat on. She really embraces that kind of, um, that, uh, what do you call it? Persona. Uh, Alter ego. Yeah. Persona of a unicorn. (laughs) Um, but you are because in the event world, for anyone who doesn't work in events, the AV technical, the production side, any of the event tech platforms and software that is created to support either in-person or virtual events, it's very male dominated. And, you know, especially 20 years ago, as Anka said, when, you know, she was five years old and she started working. Uh, but my question is, how did you... Don't ask get my parents in- why. Right, that was- right. <laughs> A little bit of child labor. 
But how did you get involved in, you know, the technical side of events and, and what still keeps you working in it all these years later? I, um, I like to go back to my radio days uh, in uh, high school and college. I had the opportunity to start volunteering and then eventually getting on a payroll at one of the local radio stations where I come from. And originally I'm from Romania, if anybody's wondering if that's not, you know, super evident that I have an accent. <laughs> and um, back in those days, for me, that was sort of like the catalyst of making it through high school and, and college without the drama. I have not had any high school drama. There's a lot of things that mm. people would, you know, talk about how hard high school was for them. And I have empathy for that. But for me, I sort of like my, I guess, uh, escape has been radio. And uh, I started doing, um, you know, helping with content and then helping them just set up and things. And then eventually ended up having uh, three uh, shows on the radio as a host. But what really stayed with me and captured really a lot of my attention, and that that was super fun. I mean, uh, I think I should have started podcasting way in the days because maybe who knows where I'd be now, like Joe Rogan or something. (laughs) But again, that wasn't really part of uh, of my... uh, journey in the ra- in, in the radio station in the studio we had this little mixer and i think it was like a mackie 1202 or 1404 i don't remember exactly the mm-hmm. model but it's like it had between two and four channels uh analog and i remember playing with that little thing a lot like i would constantly change my voice and my mm-hmm. timbre and just constantly cueing things and probably think people thinking on the other side is like why does she sound different every single time <laughs> i don't understand um so when i moved to us um after college, I knew that radio was not going to be one of my pathways just because at the time I was super insecure about my accent. Also, it's like, you know, sort of impossible to actually get uh, a gig in radio. And I had no connections. I know I, I, I knew no one. Mm-hmm. So I just came mm-hmm. to US with like literally $150 in my pocket to make my own path, like really living the American dream. You know, it's the country that, uh, you know, the place and the world of all possibilities come through. I don't know how true that still is, but that was really how... Um, the belief that I had at the time. And I think it is, you know, if you work hard and if you really follow your dreams and, and don't get sidetracked and you stay focused on that goal, it's possible, right? The next best place for me that I could come up with, okay, well, I really liked the soundboard How about I go and learn more about that? So I started pursuing education in sound engineering, and then working from literally the ground up at a production house in LA. And I was hired to literally help them with their computers because I had Mm -hmm. a computer science degree. It was nothing connected to audiovisual production because I had not no knowledge about that just yet, right? But that was the best best opportunity for me to actually get hands-on on the gear. And um, I worked my way from like literally coiling cables and learning the difference Mm -hmm. between, you know, audio cables and uh, video cables and data cables and uh, lighting cables, DMX and all those things and uh, learning equipment as well because I started uh, being in charge of the the warehouse and I'm, I'm very organized as a person. And I'm also a a go-getter. I don't wait Mm. for people to tell me what to do. I will find things to do and just go and get them done. So that really helped, you know, put me on the right path to advance in my career in ways that, you know, a passive 
person probably would have not had the opportunity because it fast forwarded mm. me. And yeah, so in, in a few years time, I ended up getting uh, a degree in sound engineering, lighting design, and then hands on starting to mix, you know, from an A2 to an A1, uh, a lot of uh, acts, bands, we did a lot of sound, um, live sound enforcement for concerts mm. and fashion shows and a lot of fun stuff, a lot of hard work as well. I mean, I am five too, even though I look so tall on Zoom. <laughs> I don't. Uh, but to lift 80 pounds, 70 pounds, like anywhere between 50 to 100 pounds speakers, like heavy speakers, it's a lot of weight for a small girl like me, right? So it was heavy, not just in the sense of like mental and emotional, but also physical work. So even to this day, you know, uh, for me to keep myself in top shape, I work out like a maniac so I can have the brute force to be able to do some of the things in the world, in the real world when I'm hands on. So I don't lose my energy. Yeah. I don't, you know, like fall, you know, dead after, you know, 10 hours on an event uh, day, <laughs> even though most event days are literally like 16, 18 hours. Just my last hybrid event um, last Friday, I was on my feet for 18 hours and that's just very normal in events. But add yeah, to give, that, give the audience a little bit of a, a taste, like what it is like behind the scenes, especially from the AV tech setup because a lot of people don't normally see the behind the scenes for that. It's very, you know, back of house typically. Exactly. I mean, you show up at 5 a.m. with the truck and the loading happens and you've got to, you know, all the equipment has to be pushed into the ballroom, especially if you're bringing in an outside mm -hmm. suppliers. And even if you're not, you know, as because I am so hands-on, I don't have to be so much anymore because now I take the role of the technical event planner and I hire production houses to do a lot of the work and mm -hmm. they would bring in a crew of people. But I used to be one of those people uh, for many years that I would unload the truck and then I push the cases up into the ballroom and then we start setting up the event and, yeah. and then you go through all the technical rehearsals and then you have the event. But guess what? That's not over. That Once the event is done, you're going to yeah. stay another six hours to actually strike that and make sure that everything gets back organized <laughs> in an organized fashion at least back into mm -hmm. the truck so when you get to the warehouse and you pull all that equipment is ready to go to the next show and there is a system and there is a logistics behind a lot of the EV production houses how they run you know events especially for you to be successful in that business you have to have a procedure you have to have a system and a process in which you follow it so that you don't break your shit on this event so then that when the <laughs> next one is tomorrow you literally yeah. don't have your gear in top shape so like even having time to go back through your uh, equipment and 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 say okay so this is this needs fixing this needs replacing okay we need to reset this or whatever all those things have to happen so that's why like during busy time seasons, it's very common for AV professionals to work long, long hours, day in and day out. So going back to my California, um, LA days in production, I've, I've done that for about seven years and I burned out really, really well because I had no time mm -hmm. off. I was working seven days a week for months. We had a little bit of downtime during, I think in that season, it was during springtime. And it's funny because there's a lot of seasonality 
to our work based on the type of events that we do. Because we did a lot of outside events, we worked very heavy during the, uh, the summer. We also had holidays during the winter. I was always working December, in December for holiday parties and New Year's has always been a work day for me. It was never like just, you know, celebration. And that was for seven years straight. It's very common for uh, for people in, in, in this field to not have a life. Like the only life you have is when you go and take a nap. And I yeah. would sleep, I kid you not. I mean, I have stories where I would sleep, uh, take naps anywhere I could. I mean, it was if it was pipe and drape, I would sleep on a pipe and drape bed. If it was like under the tack table, I would sleep there. If it was like on a truss, I slept on a truss too. I mean, I would yeah. just find places to rest because I had not, you had no time to just move, move move from next thing to the next. So um, it, that was that was the life. And then eventually, um, when it was time to start a family, I was like, okay, well, I can maintain this. This is way too much. I've got to do something, change something, because um, I remember like we had a huge show in Vegas at the uh, Las Vegas Convention Center, and we were uh, setting up for a trade show, and it was miles and miles of truss and miles and miles of DMX cables and LEDs and lighting that needed to be pre-programmed before the show. And we were at the time serving our client, which was Cristiano Digier, mm-hmm. rest in peace, because he's no longer with us, and yeah. he had a... He, huge fashion show at the time in Vegas and we needed to have all the boots. Each boot was a different brand and we need to have all of them ready to go. And I remember that we we worked day in and day out for two days straight and the night prior to the opening, the, the start of the show, we had a lot of issues and this is back in the days when DMX matter. If you're connecting, it wasn't wireless DMX. You had to do cables mm-hmm. and it matter which direction you're, you're going in. And apparently some of the labor that we used was freelance and they messed up the cable. So at one point that we we're going in this direction and then things got switched and then they started coming in the, the wrong direction, but we didn't know where the problem was. We didn't know where the nod was happening and why were we having su- such issues where our fixtures were not responding to the uh, addressing that we were giving it. So it was just like, a long, long night. And that night I remember like breaking, like this was like the, the time when I was like, I can no longer do this. I'm like, I am so exhausted that I can't even remember my name. Like, I don't even remember like if it's like one, two, three, four or one, five, seven, nine, like I can't even count anymore. Right. So this was where like, you know, you think you have, you know, uh, labor unions and you think you have all those things where like, well, you can only work for two hours and then you take, a break and then you work another two hours. No, in most cases, there is no such thing. Like, yes, we all want to rest and we want to take care of our people. But when the tire meets the road and you've got a, uh, a deadline and you've got a time when you know you have to be on, you're going to work no matter how many hours that is to fi- fi- figure out the problem, troubleshoot and solve it. So that was like one of those experiences where I was like, oh my gosh, I'm like, I am going to kill myself like doing this right now because I am exhausted beyond belief. I don't know when was the last time I ate. I don't know when I drank water and I, my bo- my body is like failing me. Like I can't function. And yeah. that was like also the moment when I was like, okay, I need, I need to figure out a different place. I need a break. Mm-hmm. I really need a break. I can't keep doing this. So that was my transition into corporate events. And corporate is so different. Corporate is yeah. a little bit more in a sense, elevated that you don't have to do such hard hands-on work. There's still a lot of uh, hard work, but it's 
cleaner in a sense that yeah. you're mm-hmm. not down in the you know mud pulling cables and pushing cases and shoving things you know through yeah. rain and and winter and everything right lighting strikes who cares you gotta get to to the venue from the truck to the venue so av in a venue is a little it's a little different it's it's also a different level you know as far as you know not as intense and uh, it took me a minute to transition because I mm-hmm. had that rock star type of mentality and rock star attitude and I'm dressing whatever the heck I want, but now I'm in a ballroom with CEOs and C-level executives and I better like learn how to present myself and I better learn how to talk to them and not be like, you know, this, you know, rugged tech that only speaks mm-hmm. tech and I can't speak English like as yeah. to actually carry a conversation. So it was, I remember it was like a year where I'm like, oh my gosh, like, who is this person that I'm turning into? Because it does not look like anything that I've known, you know, but it was a really good transition long term because he set me on the path to be with the right people in the right places at the right tables so that I can start my own agency and then mm-hmm. make connections with event planners and organizers, which otherwise I would have never had the opportunity to because as an as a tech, as a sound engineer, as a lighting uh, technician, you don't really have that interface with the clients, you know, but yeah. becoming the technical event planner that I transitioned into in the corporate world, I started uh, interacting with clients. I started actually having strategy uh, conversations and meetings about the events that we were working on. It wasn't just technical. It was more than that, right? There is a plan. There is a why. There is a a system to the madness. So Mm -hmm. in so many words, that's sort of like my journey really into doing it all both on the vendor side, supplier side, but also on the planner side, turning it around, becoming a certified event professional, meeting professional, because I wanted to actually know more than just the tech. I wanted to know the strategy. I wanted to know what does it take to actually put on a sound event that involves every aspect of the event, not just the production and technology. I'm still very passionate about just production and technology. If you ask me in the events that I do now, if I have to bring an event planner that does just the event planning part of the event, I will gladly do it because that's Mm -hmm. just not something that I'm passionate about. I want to do the gear part. I want to do the production. I want to do the uh, logistics. And that's really where my heart is at. But it's good to know each side of the event so that that way you know where, you know, problems could arise before they even arise. And I think that is a level of uh, uh, knowledge and expertise that not a lot of people without experience have. And that's where, you know, the response to that potential problem, then it's much quicker so that it doesn't turn into a catastrophic issue, right? So it's important to have that type of hands-on knowledge. And that's where you see the difference between more of a, you know, a beginner event professional versus someone that it's been, it's a veteran that has been through a few things, has had a few, you know, things uh, go wrong under their watch, and they know how to avoid that from ever happening again. So kind of when you were talking about, you like to kind of do it all, right? You don't like to just focus on the planning, you know, you'll do it, but you want to be involved in all the nitty gritty details and logistics. And I have to say that Anka has 
definitely an Energizer Bunny persona. Um, Anka has a million projects, as she mentioned at the beginning of this episode, in terms of, you know, running her own, you know, boutique event agency, volunteering. She, uh, I believe you are preparing for like a fitness competition too. Like you do it all. And so my question is, where do you get the drive where does that come from to just kind of go, go, go and have all these projects going? Like, where does, is it like a fear of failure, a passion for the work? You Maybe your background as an immigrant, where do you think that stems from? I love that question because it goes into, you know, the why behind the things that we do. And I, I'm a huge, like, personality type kind of person that I will go and do all the personality types because I want to learn more about myself and then also learn more about the other people that I interact with. I'm on all... <laughs> On all of those, I'm like, talk to me about Maya Briggs, DISC, uh, Enneagram, mm -hmm. I mean, all of it, mm -hmm. all the things. I think for me to answer that question, honestly, I failed so much in my life and I'm not even like uh, afraid to admit it because um, I failed on small things mm -hmm. and large things. That fear of failure no longer drives me or scares me. And yeah, sure, it's not fun to fail for sure. Uh, right. But I feel that I allowed myself to ride through the lows and the highs enough to know what that is like. So I'm no longer afraid of it. Right. Mm -hmm. So what really, really drives me is a passion for doing something that's meaningful, something that I can say I put my heart and my soul into something I can look back on and be proud of what I have contributed to to yeah. with my life, I I could not be the kind of person that watches Netflix for hours. Uh, I tried; yeah. it doesn't work for me. Or gets mm -hmm. lost in like Instagram reels and TikToks. That's again not me. I have mm -hmm. such an ingrained sense of like wasting time that I don't have. That is just something that does. It, it's not. It's not a fantasy of mine to just be a couch potato. It's never been like for me. Being uh, and doing, it's it's what it's what it's what I'm all about, right? It, it's what gives me energy. Things that actually make me be still and breaks and rest depletes me of energy. And that's like when I'm like, oh my gosh, I got to do something. Like being sick is like the worst thing that could happen to me because I'm like, I can't even rest because I want to do a million other things. And I'm like, this thing is in the way mm -hmm. right now. And I can't yeah. even, you know, it's like allowing myself to rest has been a journey for myself just to learn how to do it well in a, in a way because mm -hmm. I need to also have the moments of like stillness and time that I allow myself to you know, to breathe through all those things, knowing honestly how short life is and how I care to leave something behind either for my children mm. or for the world. It doesn't matter. I want, I just have that drive that comes from like whatever, how many projects I have. And I have so many that I, they're on the list, but I haven't yet started yet. Um, yeah. I cannot leave this life before I've done them all. And that's what really drives me. The urgency of how time is such a precious resource and we only have so little of it. Yeah. What you said that struck me there was doing brings you energy. And I think it just kind of underlines that you need a purpose. You know, you need like a North Star behind, you know, when you're setting about your day, what is the goal that I want to attempt? And when I'm working on this project, what's the overarching purpose of this project and how is it impacting, you know, others? Um, I love that you also 
run AV during church services um, so that you can kind of use your expertise in that service capacity. How do you separate the technical side of what you're doing from like the spiritual side, you know, of praise and worship in the moment? You know, I uh, grew up in the church and I know sometimes when you're in that moment and you're feeling very connected with, you know, the service that's going on, you kind of get lost in your emotions. So how do you run a soundboard and kind of be a tech lead in those moments? You know, that's a great question. And if you ask any house of worship technician um, or sound engineer or any tech role that they might feel uh, during a service that is also a believer, that's also a great struggle <laughs> because <laughs> when you're on those, in those positions, you are there to do a task and a job and focus on it. And you don't receive much. You really give uh, a lot of mm. your talent, skills, expertise for the good of the service, the community, the whatever it is that your heart is into and you're involved with. Uh, I have in the past been burned out by mixing and working behind the scenes every Sunday for years yeah. in a row as well. Again, when I pour myself into something, I feel like it's uh, sometimes to my disadvantage that I do it so wholeheartedly and with so much passion that I I give it all and there is no mm -hmm. holding back. But because yeah. I do that, if it's, you know, if it's poured out at the same level week after week in time, if I'm not careful, if I do not put boundaries around this, um, yeah. I get burned out. And it has happened to me. And that's where actually my biggest growth has happened, learning how to allow myself to have boundaries around even like the passion that I have mm -hmm. and the places that I involve myself with and the things that I pour myself into. So with that being said, the way I've learned to, you know, contain some of it while I still volunteer on Sundays is figure out a, a schedule in which, you know, because after I got burned after like several years of working day mm -hmm. in and day out every Sunday, like, and the first person to leave. And we're talking about three services in a row in the morning yeah. and another service in the evening. I mean, this is like full time <laughs> job. On top on, of your job, your actual on job. On top <laughs> of your job. But then you also have rehearsals and you have meetings during the week. So it's not just like one day, right? There's a lot of time, like for everyone that is working mm -hmm. behind the scenes in a house of worship, I mean, I salute you. And I have a good friend that uh, she is involved with sound engineering for houses of worship. And she, and she gets it because that's exactly what that takes, you know, a lot of pouring out of your of yourself, like selfless, you know. So yeah. I guess uh, for me, what has been the uh, strategy of late is I volunteer maximum twice a month so I can keep two, three times a month free so that when I go to church, I go to church. <laughs> so I can actually receive something and not just be there as a, you know, constantly doing something. But uh, also, I don't want to be a spectator either, right? I want to contribute, but I have to do it in a way that I don't burn myself out because I can put yeah. myself in every single role, every single Sunday. And I have done that in, in the past, but it has not served me well in the long term because if I take myself out after several months, then I can't help anymore. So it's not helpful to anyone, yeah, you know, exactly. so I had to well, learn how to create that boundary around it. Yeah. And even outside of church, I know that you work with, you know, some charitable organizations, some volunteer. I saw that you even did 
like a, a memorial service, a virtual memorial service for some for uh, someone. And when you're in those moments where you, again, from the same aspect of being, you know, a church member and and being the soundboard person, but on the flip side, when you're actually in your event role, but it's something that's a good cause and it may have a little bit of, you know, tearjerker. Have you ever? become overwhelmed or emotional actually uh, managing a live virtual event? I honestly, um, I try to stay, to stay focused on the task and I've done actually several mm. celebration of lives, which are funerals, memorials. I personally, mm. I know though it sounds like bad or it sounds, I enjoy those. Not that I enjoy that somebody passed away, but I enjoy being in the moment with the person that uh, is like one of my biggest clients right now is uh, someone that I have done a memorial for her mother. And the mm. fact that I was there as a, not just a, as a task master, master to do something for her, but as a yeah. supporter in those moments. And that's where like emotionally I can connect with people on a deeper level, because honestly, um, I want to be there for the moments of joy, but I also want to be there for the moments of sadness. Because if I walk with you, with you through highs and lows, then we really have established a report. And I am, I'm, I'm the kind of person that I can really embrace the sadness as much as I can embrace the joy of life because they're just yeah. two sides of the, like of the same coin, right? So mm -hmm. someone that will be with you through those moments of, uh, you know, of greatest need, because I feel like funerals and celebration of lives, those are the places where most people are like, ah, oh, I don't want to go because it's, you know, it's, it's sad. It's depressing. Yeah. It's oppressive sometimes. But mm -hmm. those are the moments when you show up, you really show up. For someone and that really mm -hmm. really matters so to your question yeah i've had events you know uh especially um any event that is related to children suffering that okay. touches my heart on a level that i'm not a crier in general like it takes me mm -hmm. a whole month to uh, collect enough tears <laughs> so that at a certain time of the month, I can just unleash it all <laughs> for right, one right. day. So <laughs> when it comes to crying, just like, uh, like sometimes I'm mad at myself that I can use crying as, you know, as a manipulation strategy with my husband because it just doesn't mm -hmm. work. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, I wish I could be like, come on, you know, like, you know, you really want to like, show that you really, really, you know, are so upset about this one yeah. thing. And I'm like, I can't even cry. Like, this is, this is frustrating. <laughs> so on events, when it's something that has to do with a cause that supports children in poverty, children suffering with a disease, cancer, or, uh, you know, children that are, are mistreated or um, are abused or are trafficked in any way, shape or form. That's when I honestly, I'll be the tech that really cries. Like, it's like there's tears coming down and I'm like <laughs> trying to mm -hmm. hold it because I just can't. Like that breaks my heart on a level yeah. that I just can't even express. And I feel in so many ways, it goes back to, you know, my own childhood uh, feeling like, I wanted to be someone that was protected and instead I had to grow up beyond my age and yeah. I needed to become this tough, you know, cookie just to make it through some uh, seasons of my life. And childhood was stolen from me in that sense, you know, so like going, going back into those moments when I allow myself to be so vulnerable that I'm, I, it's almost like I, I can identify with 
that child was me like many mm. years ago. And I never allowed that child to actually really suffer because that child had to toughen up. That child actually had yeah. to make it happen and grow beyond their means to just survive, you know? So that those are definitely the place, the things, the places that I'd be like, <laughs> just, you know, Letting it all out. <laughs> yeah. Well, and to that point, you kind of mentioned, you know, your immigration story and some of the hardships that you dealt with as a young child or young adult. And, you know, if you could go back and talk to, you know, young Anka, you know, either before you left Romania or, you know, after you came to the U.S., like looking on your journey of where you sit today, what would you tell young Anka? What what advice would you give her? That's, that's, that's a hard question, but yeah. it's a great, great question. You know, I allow myself about allow, uh, once a year, those moments of introspection to come back. Yeah. And those <laughs> and moments my in between journey. all of your different projects, right? Exactly. When you've got like 20 seconds to yourself. Basically. Yeah. So I guess young Anka has always been driven to accomplish something in her life. And with that, patience has never been my strongest suit. Because of it, uh, young Anka made plenty of mistakes because mm. she jumped into things before she was ready, ready for them or before before the timing was right, uh, because again, yeah. of her impatience with life and life seasons. So I guess what I would tell myself if, you know, I had the opportunity to, to just slow down and enjoy the ride mm. and be, and trust that everything will fall into place just right at the right time for the right reasons. And there's no need to try so hard to force things to happen when it's not their turn yet. And that mm -hmm. applies to relationships and projects and pretty much all across the board. And I've had to learn that the hard way, you know, many times and even recently and just through COVID. I mean, COVID was mm -hmm. definitely a hard blow to everyone's life, but especially people that have little patience for waiting around for things to right. happen. That has been definitely a life lesson that I, you know, I can look back and, 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 um, have some takeaways, but mm -hmm. apply those so that, so that I'm stronger because of the lessons learned, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Well, this has been a great conversation. I've enjoyed having you on uh, today, Anka. Before we wrap up, there's one question that I do ask every guest on the show. So hopefully this doesn't catch you by surprise. But mm -hmm. if you had to pick a song to kind of convey this conversation, you know, your journey um, as an event tech, your journey from Romania to the U.S., your journey at becoming a woman, what would that song be and why? This is a great, great question. Actually, you made me think a little bit. I have a huge a collection of songs that speak to me at different seasons mm -hmm. through my life. I actually, I build topical playlists in, uh, in my Spotify playlist based mm -hmm. on a particular week. Like if I'm struggling with something, that playlist, you better believe it, that it's going to elevate me and it's going to like boost me and it's going to get me going for, yeah. you know, to accomplish whatever it is that I need to accomplish that, that week. So uh, with that being said, I also listen a whole lot to Muse. And uh, if anybody's not familiar with Muse, but they have been around forever and they're um, a UK band. I love, love, love them. In you know, you probably... I don't know if you're familiar with the songs, but if you have listened to, you know, the things that I've said, patience is not necessarily my greatest suit. So with that, mm -hmm. one of their songs that speaks to me is Time is Running Out. And... <laughs> 
Very appropriate, Uncle. Very appropriate. Very appropriate, yes. So it has a really good beat, a really good groove, and it just gets me going. And I'm telling you, when I'm at the gym and I put my Muse playlist on, I can do 40 pull-ups, you know, yeah. and not yeah. get, you know, sidetracked because that energy, like, literally takes me to the next level. So, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. that's that's my go-to playlist. Awesome. Time is running out. Well, I wish I had it ready to actually to play it. <laughs> I know. We'll, we'll, we'll add it to our Spotify playlist. We do have a Spotify playlist for all of our guest song selections. So definitely awesome. check that out. Um, but before we leave off of here today, Anka, please tell everyone where they can find you on the interwebs. The best way to connect with me, I would say there's um, LinkedIn, where I professionally connect with uh, like-minded professional, event professionals and event planners and people that are on the same bandwidth with, you know, the things that I do. And I love following uh, inspirational um, people. And Diana, I love your reels and I love, you know, <laughs> your your video tidbits that are just so hilarious. And that's really, that brings me, you know, a laughter on my face and joy. So those are the people that, you know, I would follow on LinkedIn. So that's where the the connection uh, is where I would say you could uh, connect with me. Now, on a more prof- professional, but also personal behind the scenes uh, level, I would go to Instagram, Trifan underscore event mm-hmm. is where I do the posts are all about the events. Uh, stories and the reels are all behind the scenes. So mm-hmm. uh, when you want to see, you know, Anka, professional Anka, that's on the post on the page. But if you want to see so, a little bit of uh, a peek behind, you know, uh, my life and my story and my journey, um, that's going to be in the stories. So those are probably Beautiful. the best places. Obviously, I have a website. I have a website for the company. I have a website for my podcast, Events Demystified. And those are all places that will lead you to those websites as well if you're there. Perfect. Well, we'll have all of those links in the show notes so listeners can find you uh, wherever you are online. And with that, I want to say thank you so much for being with us, Anka. This has been great. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you. You too. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Experience Junkies podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review on Apple or Spotify so that other listeners can find the show. Be sure to join our Discord channel. This is a great place for you to give feedback, talk with me, talk with our guests and other listeners, and share your experience junkie tales. Thank you for listening. Have a great rest of your day.